5: It is a football Friday here on birds 365, an undefeated football Friday. As a matter of fact, the Eagles will not lose this week. That's a guarantee.
6: They already won, Jody. They already won. They already won this week. Please explain. Uh, The New Orleans Saints, baby. Keep losing. Okay.
5: That's true. Yeah. Up to number four in the NFL draft as of right now, if you tack on last night's loss. But hey, gives the saints as much and the Cardinals who of course the Eagles have already beaten and they get the saints later in the year. At least it was a watchable Thursday night football game, which is more than you could yeah. say for the last two weeks.
6: Yeah. I kind of projected that. Uh, you asked me on yesterday's show, I thought there'd be a little bit more explosiveness. Uh, now, you know, back to back pick sixes that helps as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, Arizona's a little bit more, not a little bit, a lot more explosive with DeAndre Hopkins out there. And, you know, that was another break. Everything's coming up Eagles this year. Everything. That's very true.
5: But we, we knew that way back when, as soon as DeAndre Hopkins got his suspension, we're oh, okay, the Eagles get him out of get them out of the way before DeAndre yeah. could play. Uh, yeah, I do a, uh, a Twitter spaces show on Thursday night. And our play from last night was DeAndre Hopkins wide receiver uh, yards in the second half because they threw it to him a lot in the first half. Everything was short. I said, they'll probably try and expand that a little bit here in the second half, throw a little bit more downfield. And I think he uh, got 50 yards uh, receiving in the second half. So we had our, our play for the halftime. Yes, the Saints go down. Yes, the Saints aren't very good. Uh, Andy Dalton, actually, except for the picks, neither of which were his fault, by the way. Uh, the two pick sixes. The first one went right off oh, uh, uh, Callaway's hands, who we talked about yesterday here on the show. Because our buddy Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice suggested Callaway was someone that the Eagles should, could potentially look into trading for because he's a good return guy. Uh, yeah, no, not if they're going to use him from the line of scrimmage. He's going to let balls go right to his hand to get picked off and taken to the house. And then the second one, uh, Dalton got hit just as he was throwing the football. Um, kind of like what Brandon Graham did this past week, caused a uh, uh, pass to uh, come up short and get picked off by Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah, Dalton wasn't terrible last night, but the Saints <sighs> just aren't good. Their defense, which I thought was going to be stalwart, is is well below average. That's Dennis Allen might not be long for that job in New Orleans.
6: Yeah. I mean, you know, when the Eagles made the trade, uh, I was, you know, I was, I've said that was a great trade. I don't know what New Orleans sees that they think they're a contender. And, you know, I, I tweeted it this morning before the show, the toughest thing in the NFL is self-evaluation to be honest with yourself. And I don't think Mickey Loomis was honest with himself. Uh, with that now I didn't think they'd be this bad and, and and by the way I don't think they'll end up with the fourth overall pick so I don't think the Eagles are going to be that high as where they are today but I don't think they're a terrible team but they play terrible so far and part of it is just I mean jody you can't lose a potential Hall of Fame coach and and a and a hall of fame quarterback in a, in a few years and say, Oh, we're fine. We're the same. We're, we're the same. It doesn't work that way and nothing against Dennis, Dennis Allen. Our buddy Jeff Kerr, good morning. NFC East is really down on uh, Dennis Allen. I remember, I I mean, but he's not, he, he's not replacing Sean Payton. He might not be the worst coach in the history of the world, but there's going to be some hiccups. And I just, I just don't think they were honest with themselves and the Eagles are, are, uh, going to take advantage of that. I mean, the Eagles are a super, as we stand today, the Eagles are a Super Bowl contender and they have a top five pick in the NFL draft. That's right. pretty good. So the Howie Roseman haters have to recede further into the darkness. And while I agree with
5: you, they might not have the uh, fourth pick in the draft. Um, it's going to be top 10 almost guaranteed look at the teams that are ahead who ahead of them are you? would you say well the saints will definitely go by them all right i give you the texans are they definitely better than the steelers i don't know that <laughs> the Sean watson's going to come back at some point for the browns i don't know that all right, the Bears it's kind of late,
6: big. though, with Deshaun. I don't know if he's going to be able to help him that much this year. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's the potential. No no question about that. Dougie but,
5: Peace, Jaguars going to fall apart?
6: Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I think they're going to get better as the season goes on. Well, I then think. The
5: Saints aren't going by them. Um, Denver, man, that's a game I'm looking forward to seeing this week the jets going into denver because the jets, jets are going to wax teams
6: boy it's very rare uh, well i can't speak for you you can speak to this but if i'm a jets fan i'm really confident that they're going to wax uh denver i don't know if you can be confident as a jets fan but you should be confident i'll just say that yeah
5: i i, I don't even know the line on that game my my guess would be it would be about a pick them um And you're in Denver, so you should be a three or four point underdog at the least. And it'll probably be about a pick because the Jets are actually playing better than the Broncos for sure right now. But that's going to be a a top guaranteed top 10 pick. Could it hang in the top five? If it does. Wow. You're exactly right. Howie Roseman, 2020 hindsight, because that's what you have to do when you trade for a future pick. There's there's nothing to it but hindsight. And in hindsight, damage I that pick gonna look good. Uh, that trade. Yeah, yeah. That, that now
6: they did lose a little bit on, uh, and you know it, it was a good day for Johnny Mack because not only uh, was it, I'm turning out to be correct. It's way early, but all of a sudden, don't sleep on San Francisco, Jody. Uh, they might be the the Eagles' biggest threat in the NFC. It might not look like it right now, but when you put Christian McCaffrey behind that offensive line, that running game, that scheme with Kyle Shanahan. Ooh, I like that. I like that. But you know what? I'm not going to be that guy because the reason I picked San Francisco, the whole reason I picked San Francisco to go to the Super Bowl was because I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was terrible and I thought Trey Lance would be a little bit better and that's not going to be. So the reason I picked him is not going to be correct.
5: But But that's okay. Your pick is your pick is your pick. And you got to live by it. And, yeah, you got an upgrade yesterday with McCaffrey. Uh, For those who hadn't heard, uh, McCaffrey gets dealt to the 49ers for a second, a third, a fourth this year, and a fifth the year after. So it's a quantity over quality type deal. They got four draft picks, which is a lot, um, but not a first-round pick. San Francisco didn't have a first-round pick to give up this year. I know that Carolina's asking price was two ones. They didn't get one well, one. They got four silly. picks,
6: but that's silly. Two ones, but uh, God bless him for asking. But uh, yeah, with his injury history, but he's a really good player. So I mean, obviously you're rolling the dice. There's no evidence that he's going to be able to stay healthy over a long period of time. But boy, if he does, oof, that, that's a tough guy to deal with, and. uh, They're a good team to begin with, and they have a very good defense. We know there's their scheming ability. They have to, you know, they have a game manager, quarterback, but he's already proven he can game manage his way deep into the playoffs. So you have to give Jimmy some credit uh, there. Um, You know, Shield got me thinking yesterday. We had Shield Capati on the show yesterday because I'm being very cautious about the trade deadline because I don't think the Eagles need much. But then when you see a, another potential contender pick up a player like that, you say, well, uh, you know, start getting a little antsy. The old say.
5: make a trade so that your chief rival doesn't step Man, in. Yeah,
6: all right. I'm saying is, you know, if that if that works, that could bite you in the you-know-what for San Francisco. But right.
5: right. So you're not going as far enough to say the Eagles should have been in on McCaffrey and – at no, least I'm not going that, that far
6: because I, I think the Eagles are sensible, but sometimes sensible, you know, when you do have the championship window open, sometimes you got to leave sensible in the in the back seat, so to speak, and you got to try to get over the hump, and that's a really difficult decision because long term, I don't like this move for San Francisco. I wouldn't like it for Philadelphia. The guy's injury history is the guy's injury history. It's not going to get better as he ages. Long term, I don't like it. Short term, eh, that's the problem. That's the difficulty.
5: Now, here's here's Eagle fans, if you want the really good news. Now, you're not going to get this from Nick Sirianni. You're probably not going to get this from Howie Roseman either. But you'll get it from Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. I know we need to stay narrow-focused. Eagles are 6-0. and They're a legit Super Bowl contender right now for this <laughs> season. But for future seasons, the Rams have already dumped out their draft capital to try and get last year's Super Bowl, and they're paying a bit of a price. You don't think that part of the reason that the Rams are 3-3 and is because they didn't get a whole hell lot out of, uh, out of their draft classes past year because they gave it up to be able to get players – um for their super bowl run last year oh yeah that's that's a contributing factor the 49ers will have next to no draft next year after uh taking a run at the super bowl this year you better get there you better make johnny uh mac right here san francisco because if not after the fact you're gonna pay a price the tampa bay Buccaneers' success is all tied to a 45 year old guy who felt the need to go i'm not retired who's talking about retirement i'm not thinking about retirement Okay, Tom, it's something that comes up every single day. And, oh, by the way, he's not playing as well as he has the last couple of years. No massive drop-off, but he's not the Brady we're used to seeing, so maybe Father Time is actually uh, doing some damage there. And Aaron Rodgers is just not the same Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'll look more at all the other contributing factors than actually the QB himself, but his team is – media I watched my jets go in there and dominate them on their home field last week. Who the hells going to be the competition in the NFC for the Eagles in 2023, 2024 and 2025,
6: Johnny Mac? Yeah, and that's why it makes it a difficult decision because, you know, the Eagles are set up for a multi-year run. Um and you want to affect that by just trying to make a big splash at the trade deadline that, that, you know, may or may not work, uh, you know, running back, we already went through it with Jahi. better chance for a running back to be, uh, a little bit splashier than certain other positions where it's not necessarily plug and play. Um, It's a really difficult decision. It's a really difficult decision. And, you know, when I talked about Mickey Loomis at the big self-evaluation, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. Do you need something? I don't think the Eagles need something. I think they're already a significant Super Bowl contender. I would go so far as to say the favorite in the NFC now. Um, I think that's legitimate. You know, could they lose on a given day? I always go, you know, Green Bay, San Francisco last year, San Francisco, Dallas last year. The Packers should have won. Dallas should have won. They didn't, so anybody can lose on an, any particular day, but their margin of error is is larger than these other teams. I I personally don't want to mess with that. Don't want to try. Don't want to affect that. Uh, but I understand the people who. Who, who have an opposite thought as well.
5: And oh, by the way, uh, from a wagering standpoint, uh, before the season started, uh, you had the Eagles win at 11. Last week of the preseason, they looked good enough to me that I jumped at 12. The over-under is 13 and a half right now, which means that, and, and the juice is on the over side, which means that they're leaning toward 14. Who else in the NFC is going to win 14 games? Not anybody. No. No, I don't think anybody's got a chance to win 14 other than the Philadelphia Eagles.
6: Yeah, I, Minnesota, we've talked about. We already saw Minnesota from an Eagles perspective. They're not good enough to be in that range. The Giants, I don't think they're good enough to be in that range. Uh, can the Cowboys get hot if Dak Prescott hits the ground running? Um, maybe. Maybe Dallas is, is the second-best team. Um and they showed some signs against the Eagles with a backup quarterback. So maybe I'd put them in that just uh a, a check mark and say keep an eye on where they go with Dak Prescott. But the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. By well, the far. reason
5: the reason why the Cowboys don't scare me, and certainly getting Dak back is is going to upgrade their chances. Uh I thought their defense would come in here and play a little bit better, and the Eagles moved the ball really easily against them in the first half. But it was probably more so the Eagles defense. Yeah, yeah, I know your boy Jonathan Gannon, who not everybody likes. Check the numbers, folks. The Eagles defense is pretty damn good. I just saw this when I was looking back at the box score for a different reason today. In the game on Sunday night against the Cowboys. And I know this is a difficult stat to judge. And I guess the NFL has an official score at every single game that certainly designate some plays we all know how to keep score at a baseball game but i'll be truth with you i don't know how to keep what does constitute a pressure is debatable it's like subjective on every single play and another one of those that is kind of subjective but i couldn't believe the uh domination in this category how many passes do you think the eagles
6: defended in the a game a against lot. the cowboys uh, uh a lot uh Bradbury had a bunch, I think. Uh, yeah. I, the I number mean, I'm already is... on I six or seven, I'd say, somewhere. How in
5: does 12 sound? Oh, wow. They no, had 12 passes defended in the game. And again, subjective the way that it scored. How many do you think the Cowboys had? One or two? Three. And do you know who had two of the three?
6: Uh, it wasn't Diggs. No, he had a goose egg. Um, Parsons? Micah just... Parsons
5: yeah. had two of their three defended passes. They only had three for the entire game. And Parsons, Mr. Outside edge rusher, speed to the quarterback, had two of their three passes. Defended. Yeah, I don't, I don't
6: know that those, you know, those box scores, I assume you're talking about the NFL box score. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking at yeah. They had twelve. That that's ridiculous. They didn't have twelve.
5: Uh, um, it's a, like I said, it's subjective. You're a guy who likes to chalk up the hurries and the pressures. They're very subjective.
6: Yeah. No. I. Well. Every. Yeah. So I'm looking. That's why I'm looking at uh, PFF right now. I'm seeing they're they're more realistic. Uh, they have the Eagles at uh, seven. I think that's more realistic. Um, But still good. Seven is a ton, um, by the way. Um, Twelve is ridiculous. Um,
5: That's what I'm saying. That's why, uh, even though Dak comes back, the Eagles' defense is better than a Cowboy defense. And right now, with the way Jalen Hurts is playing, the Eagles' offense is better. The Cowboys have and overrated C.D. Lamb and Pete, Frank, and Joe playing wide receiver for him these days. Yeah, and I'm, I'm have really Devonte disappointed. And AJ
6: Brown. I'm really disappointed in C.D. Lamb this year. I'm really disappointed because I thought he had a chance to be, you know, one of the top five receivers in football. He hasn't come close to that. Um, now, again, maybe when Dak comes back, maybe that changes. I, look, but what I said originally, Like, I would keep an eye on the Cowboys more than Minnesota or the Giants, is all I'm saying. Still think the Eagles are better.
5: Yeah, I just see the Eagles is better than everybody in the NFC, and it's not really close. All right, we are close to punching up our first guest. We haven't had him up in a couple weeks. It's always fun when he does join us. Now of the Philadelphia Inquirer these days, and you can also read them after the games on uh, Sunday here on jacobsports.com. Joe is going to jump in with us here on Birds 365.
4: At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
3: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
0: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
5: Go first!
0: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust and go forward with us by your side. First trust bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
4: Welcome to pond Lee hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season, and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off, and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
2: Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, GoJeffAuto.com.
5: Football Friday here on Birds Three Sixty Five. You guys, Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald, and we are joined by Joe Santa Laquito, who jumps in with, "Oh, we got a happy wave for us on a Friday and everything." What are you doing (laughs) on your bye weekend, Santa Laquito?
7: Oh, work, (laughs) work.
6: (laughs) So it's always always work, Joe. Self scouting. (laughs) What is? What's going on with your self scout, buddy? During the
7: bye week, self scouting, um, uh, <laughs> teacher stories, the high schools, the kids, boxing. Oh, it's 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 same old, same old. Speaking yeah, you of did boxing, the whole
5: jump around thing with several different sports, including boxing, which you're uh probably most well known for. Um, but then you want to be able to jump into the Eagles and uh stay mm-hmm. right on top of it, is everything else. Oh. Mm-hmm. Have, what kind of grasp do you have? Because John's there every single day. I'm here on Birds 365 every single day. You're in, but you get out, and you get back in and like, how does this Eagle team look to you at 6-0 right now?
7: It's fantastic. They're doing what they have to do to win. They're winning in different ways, which I really like. And when, and I go back and I said it on your air uh, numerous times, um, knowing that knowing quite well, former NFC head coach, who told me and who faced them numerous times each season, he told me, we knew what they were going to do. They still did it and we couldn't stop them. And we see that happening here. We see that happening in the Arizona game. We see that happening in the Dallas game. Arizona knew what they were going to do and the Eagles jammed it down their throats. Dallas knew what they were going to do and the Eagles jammed it down their throats. So right now, the way this team is playing It's playing with confidence. Uh, If you, you know, we spoke about this. If there's a shaky area of the field, it would be if this uh, would be special teams. But uh, right now, there has not been a blunder. Do you fear there's a blunder coming? Yeah, but it hasn't come yet. And it's a very, very simple process. Mr. Covey, just catch the ball. That's all I think that needs to be done. Just catch the ball, young man. That's the ball. You don't have to run it up the field. You don't have to be a Johnny hero because there's a ton of heroes on this team. right now. Yeah. Well, Britain could use some help with some blocking on special
6: teams. I'd, I'd like to see him get an opportunity, uh, but you're right until you get that. All you want is ball security. So, you know, the Eagles are plus 12 right now. I don't know how sustained, that's the one thing Joe, I look at and say, all right, plus 12 through six weeks. That sounds pretty impressive. What sounds even more impressive is number two is Minnesota and Baltimore, and they're plus four. I mean, that, that, that's kind of ridiculous. Plus four, and then number one is plus 12. That's probably going to have come back to the mean, so to speak. That's the one thing that concerns me. And more than the defense taking the football away, they have guys who take the football away the Hassan Reddick's of the world, the James Bradbury's of the world, the Slays of the world. That might continue, but two offensive turnovers in six games, can
7: that continue? I don't know if two over the next six games, but I think the way Jalen Hurts sees the field, I think the way the game has slowed down for him has been a gigantic plus. Um, still have some issues with Sanders with ball control, uh, even though he's been, he's been so far very reliable with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, for as much as you want to look and try to find and put the coal miners hat on with the light, yeah. <laughs> try to be, there's not, there's really not many cracks here. Um, right now, I, I think my only concern are injuries and how these guys hold up. And, um, we saw, we certainly saw when Lane Johnson went down. Lane Johnson well, it's not even arguably. He is the best right tackle in football. We saw a difference there in that game when Lane went down, even though it was it was Driscoll that stepped in for him and did an an okay job. And granted, actually if you when you look at it, he actually did a great job considering who he was blocking against. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh that that in terms of what's going on with this team right now, that's it. Just whether or not they're able to hold up uh kelsey's a little bit older even though again john you see everything this guy's supposed to be in the twilight of his of his his career and i can't imagine a time where he's played even better than he's played this season
6: Uh, amazing player you know people and jason himself has told his friends on the team this is it i don't know if it is it because if he keeps playing this way i mean why is he going to walk away? And, and football players, you see it all the time with Tom Brady. They go through the grind. They say, ah, do I want to do this again after the season is over? But then they rest and they say, man, I want to get back. I want to get that cafeteria food at the care Complex. I want to hang out with the guys. Um, I think we might see that again with Jason Kelsey. Just speculation on my part. Now he is banged up again. That's part of it yeah, as that's... well. I mean, the guy's always playing through injuries, and that's difficult. So that's my bigger concern. And you know, the bye week as a whole, Joe, it's kind of early, mm-hmm. but the strength of this team is the offensive line, and everybody on the offensive line is banged up. Jordan is is playing through pain. Kelsey, Isaac, uh, Lane, as you mentioned, Landon Dickerson. Every single one of them is banged up, so maybe it's good to have the bye week this early. Yeah.
7: Now, my lot, it's a right shoulder on yeah. that on that inner on that inter- yeah. Inter- yeah. Inter- yeah. Um. Have they determined what that is right now? Is it is it a torn rotator cuff? Well, they thought when
6: it first happened that he was done done for the season so you know they're very happy he he's he's got very little range of motion he's playing with a harness he can't lift his shoulder up uh uh above now you don't need to as an offensive lineman but you know it's nice to have that range of motion Mm -hmm. um so it's all about range of motion and getting his strength back uh and if he can do that he can play through it but make no mistake, Jordan Malata is playing through an injury. He's going to be playing through an injury this entire season.
5: All right. I might be the Grinch that stalled the Eagles season, but um if they can get together and cut a Christmas album during the bye week, <laughs> then get out there next Sunday and be ready to go. Now
6: get that's out. old, oh, yeah. Jimmy. That that's been that was in the can. That wasn't this week. That's been in the can. So yeah, people said that and said. Lane Johnson's doing a Christmas album. That was before the concussion. That was not, not after the. Concussion. That's been in the can. Yeah,
5: a understood. But they chose this week that that's the best laid plans of mice and PR people. Yeah, let's let's put out the pre-recorded video when Lane's got a concussion. It did didn't quite work out the way they were looking for it. All right, uh, Joe. Here's I can't even say it's a concern. This is a borderline rhetorical question, but it's not a complete. Rhetorical questions. I want you to answer it. The Eagles are not only the beast of the East; they're the beast of the NFC, and they're borderline the beast of the NFL. They've never been in this position. Certainly not in the Nick Sirianni area. You want to go back to 2017 and say you knew the Eagles were the best team when they got off to the start? They got. I don't know that that was the case. And shoot, when they got to the playoffs, they were underdog three straight times. So how can you say that we're the beast of uh, of all? So it's a different position that they sit right now. And you have a different way of handling everything, the way you're prepared, the way you play, the way you think. Is that, should that be any concern for the Eagles that they've not only gotten out six and O, but they've kind of distanced themselves from everybody, but maybe the Buffalo bills, yeah, any say. issues, any potential pitfalls there that maybe they're a little too good, a little too early.
7: No, because of the foundational pieces that are there. Uh <laughs> been through this. Lane Johnson's been through this. Um, Ma has been through this. Uh, Fletcher Cox, certainly Brandon Graham. You have enough leaders there, mm-hmm. enough veteran leaders that are also vocal. Because, as you guys all know, you can have veteran leaders that aren't exactly vocal. These guys are vocal. Uh, these guys know how to well know how to tamp things down when things can get a little bit a little bit too big. And I think even someone like a Sirianni can even refer to these guys because, again, they've been through that run. They know what it's like. You know, it's it's not, well, yeah, we're, <laughs> we are dealing with five years now when they made the Super Bowl run. But, again, the foundational pieces are there for this team to lean on, and they're strong, they're vocal. Uh, right now, also, it's very, very important that, well, with the exception of Lane Johnson, that they're healthy, And with obviously Kelsey semi healthy. But again, you have the great type of leadership with this team, foundational leadership with this team that won't let that get out of hand. Uh, Those guys, again, know when to speak up. They know that they know the environment. They can read the room to a point. Um, And I don't think those foundational pieces will let this wagon get out of control in terms of the hype machine. Yeah,
6: I, I I mean, it is interesting, you know, I, I must admit, Joe, with the trade deadline coming up uh, November 1st, um, and yesterday on the show, Jody will tell you, I said, I don't want to mess with this team. I don't want to mess with this team. I get up early, so I went to bed before mm-hmm. yeah. the in McCaffrey uh, trade broke. And I woke up this morning, and I got to admit, I was like, oof, boy, that looks good for San Francisco. Um, who could potentially be an issue down the road? Yeah. It's a difficult sort of decision to make, uh, standing pad or trying to make a splash because you're close and the championship window is open. Where are you with the trade deadline? Would you like them to try to go for that last piece, so to speak, or do you think the chemistry, the connection is too much and play it safe?
7: In my opinion, I think you play it safe. They have uh, they have pieces here. I think again, my only head scratcher would be would be Covey. Um, but other than that, I, I think they are they've been very, very stable across the line. They have been blessed with health. They are deeper than I think any team in the NFL in terms of one of the most important positions on well, I I think the most important on the offensive line. Um and what's the old bromide? I mean, don't mess with something that's not broken. And right now, 6-0, and 0, <laughs> that's a hell of yeah. a long statement. So uh, And as you guys all know, uh, and the operative word that you used, John, is, is a fantastic word, is chemistry. I mean, we were all around for that 2017 team. And there was an amazing chemistry there. As a matter of fact, if not for that chemistry, that team would not have won a Super Bowl because I thought we all had the impression after, after Wentz went down, that there was, you know, this team was driving towards a direction. When Moments went down. Well, that, that suddenly, that was shot. Or some of us thought it was shot. Um,
6: the but Eagles I think, thought it was shot, by the way. Right? The <laughs> Eagles thought it was shot. Uh, it was like a wake that yeah, Monday it, after that injury.
7: And you see the belief that they had in Falls, which I think helped mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that camaraderie there, that chemistry there. I think is a, is is a major force that pulled them through that situation. I mean, that was a team that you don't know where things were going to come from and, and, and and how things were going to play out, but somehow, some way the trust in one another. And I think I'm a very strong believer in this, the trust in one another, hold that very special team through to in the end become very special. And I think there's certainly a chemistry here with this group. There's no, again, you're down there far more than I am, John. Um, but uh, I, I got a sense there is no back fighting with this team. I have a sense they are all on the same page. I do know this for a fact, or at least from some of the folks that I still kind of keep in contact with. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But there is an incredibly strong belief in Jalen Hurts. There's a there's and, and he is he is the straw that stirs the sh- that, that stirs the drink to borrow a, a phrase from our our old dear friend uh, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, uh, yeah, and, and, and he's the guy. That makes it happen. Uh, again, his demeanor is incredible, not too high, not too low. And the other thing, too, is, you know, I get the impression in the sense that he's, he, he knows everybody from one to 52 in that team. Oh, he, yeah. He, he's, he's engaging. Uh, it's, it's not him and, 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 and his group aside from everyone else that like we know other people have had a history of there with that team. And, um, when they see this and you have a leader who's a leader with the whole group not just with certain folks um there's a belief system and a foundation that begins to build and i think you see all of that now starting to form and i said it here with you two guys uh, a couple months ago i saw this team winning possibly two playoff games and i may have been wrong they may they may they may reach the super bowl i mean the way this is playing out and you look at the rest of the ragged and it's a pretty ragged NFC. We see suddenly, again, in boxing terms, we see all the time like a great fighter all of a sudden age overnight. Aren't we seeing those things with Aaron Rodgers to a point? And aren't we seeing those things with Tom Brady? Those would, those would be the two guys. We see, I suppose, today's modern version of the uh, old Washington, that other team under George Allen, win now. You know, the uh, over-the-hill gang in terms of the LA Rams, of what they've built. Now suddenly there's some fissures there. There's some cracks there. Uh, you look over the overall picture. Who in the NFC really challenges them? I don't think anyone. And I think right now I think the three of us would all agree the only team that can beat the Philadelphia well, I think two. I'll put two teams. The only two teams that can beat the Philadelphia Eagles right now are the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs.
5: Ooh, both in the NFC Johnny said uh, let's take a couple of weeks look back at the 49ers when they incorporate McCaffrey they might be the toughest foe in the NFC and he, he's probably right about that um let me play devil's advocate on both of you guys uh, for the trade deadline here's why I would not be upset if the Eagles made a deal now Chris, uh, acquiring a Christian McCaffrey, is a big deal that that's a really change the way your team looks and plays type deal. I don't think the Eagles are going there. I don't know that the Eagles even want to go there, but a, a a contributor, a guy who's going to start a guy who's going to play more than 50% snaps put in on the defensive side. Number one, like you said on offense, Jalen hurts is a really good leader. He's going to help the person who's coming in to try and fit and become part of the team and make it as seamless as possible. On defense, to me, they already proved they could do it. They got Chauncey Gardner Johnson, when, like 20 minutes before the season started. Yeah. And they August plugged him years. right into yeah. a position that he wasn't playing for his previous team. Oh, by the way, Mr. Uh Slot Corner, we're going to make you into a safety on the fly. And it's worked out pretty darn good. So they've already shown the flexibility to plug and play with guys on the defensive side. I got confidence in Jalen Hurts on the offensive side. I don't think the Eagles are going to take the, oh, my God, we're 6-0. Oh, we can't and mess with this mentality. If there's a good deal out there to be made and an upgrade on talent, I think Harry Roseman's going to make it.
7: Where would you the see that? Then? What, what, areas, what areas do you think they need to improve it? With with the obvious exception of special teams. I mean,
6: I have And what know. are we talking about? Running back? Miles has played pretty well. Are yeah. we talking about edge rusher? Because Brandon's played really well. Um, like who who's gonna sit other than and you brought up Chauncey Gardner Johnson? You know, that still might be their weakest position. I'll throw that at you, Jody and Joe. Safety as a whole might be their weakest position. I don't know. Are you going to get better than Marcus Epps or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? Uh, yeah,
5: probably not. I um, uh, Yeah, I would say probably another uh, uh, pass rushing guy, an overhang guy, to use the Jonathan Gannon descriptive adjective, uh, if I were to guess uh, if somebody's out there. And the guy who's going to be mentioned, of course, is Burns of Carolina. And I just... It's going to have to be the perfect guy. Uh, not a guy who's up on a contract. It's going to have to be a guy who's got at least uh, two years uh control. Um, but if I were to guess on defense, uh, it would be uh, the, an edge guy. And if it was offense, yeah, I'd look to double down on the riches and get another wide receiver. Because I know... Quest Odell, get Odell the I
6: I see. You know, Quest Watkins has done nothing except for... The, the big home run against Minnesota, um, I've always thought he was probably the most overrated player by the fan base. I think that's borne out, but part of it is um, A.J., Devontae, Dallas Goddard, they're always open. You never get to your fourth progression. What, what, what do you need? Uh, as long as those guys are healthy, they're
7: always open. Always. This is a reach for both of you. Um, I have a little knowledge in this area. Do you think I know DJ Moore's from Philly? Uh, that is a sinking ship there. Um, and maybe a third, maybe a third for DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore would certainly certainly, make a rich, rich area, certainly far richer. Again, it's a reach, it's a reach. I'm just throwing it out there hypothetically. DJ Moore coming home.
5: Oh, and there was a uh, pretty good rumor going last night that the Packers were interested in D.J. Moore and m- might make a move for him. Green Bay has uh, got about 22 wide receivers, none of which have stepped up and said, oh, I can replace Devontae Adams. I'm not sure D.J. Moore can either, but he might be better than uh, the Sammy Watkins of the world that they've been trotting out there. Yeah, it depends on the price tag, right, John, uh, Johnny Mack? If the yeah, price I mean, is right,
6: but, I'd have interest in DJ Moore. So, so would I. But you know, how old is DJ? He's, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm trying 28, to what would be 25, my guess? 25. Is that all? Yeah. 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 I'm like, why? Why not? The Panthers are in in fire sale mode, but they're trying to get rid of veterans. You know, um, that's why I say the same thing with Burns. And you know, I've kind of kind of got an in 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 Carolina because our buddy Mike K's down there. Now they're not looking to trade their young players. They had to build around the Brian Burns is of the world. The G TJ Moore's of the world. Now, as you know, from another more, uh, Jody, uh, Eli Moore, you know, the jets are finally Elijah. Getting good. Elijah. Sorry. Um, uh, the jets are finally getting good and he's not happy. You never know with an individual player. Um, If they make enough noise, they can force their way out of situations. But yeah, if you told me, uh, what 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 was DJ? I think he was a 2018 first round pick. I mean, correct? Yeah, that'd be perfect. (laughs) But I don't, I don't know how realistic it would be. And by the way, on the back end of that, guys, how happy would he be playing third fiddle, not getting the football at all? That, that that plays yeah. into it as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, but what's what, in right it, it
5: contracts it. that this is fifth year? So is he due for a contract extension? Uh, Let's
6: see, 2018, 2019, 2020, 20. Yeah. And this would be his last year. Um, no, actually, he signed, I'm looking it up. He signed a three year, $62 million extension oh, okay. with the Panthers. So he's set. They're not trading him. Yeah, And if trained. I were the
5: Eagles, I don't know that I would want to get him. I would prefer acquiring somebody yeah. like that who's on the last year of his deal, who's yeah. coming in. Guess what? Come on in, get yourself a Super Bowl ring, and you go out and hit the market next year. Just yeah, now now, rental.
6: now, more I think about it. Well, they already signed him, so they're not going to trade him. Yeah. Um, even though wikipedia says they already traded him to the packers right like but, I said, uh, the
5: rumors were flying last night but it he, hasn't happened yet
6: he he caught 87 passes in 2019 he caught 66 in 2020 he caught 93 in 2021 that's that's a guy who would not be happy as the third the third uh, uh guitar in the band so to speak i mean he wants the football so yeah, that kind of uh, all that stuff factors into it. I don't think it would work, but a great player, great player. I just great players right. having
5: a lousy year, and that's why we're yeah. even having this conversation. Um, but I think his contract uh, is the reason you say no. All right, uh, Joey. S. with the uh, bye week, uh, nobody getting any info or insight from Nick Sirianni. Done a phenomenal job right now. The favorite to win Coach of the Year same exact guy coming back next week with the 6-0 and and the divisional lead. Is there any change in modus operandi from the coach who is right now sitting atop the pile as coach of the year and with the best team? Do you think we'll see Nick Ceriani do anything different?
7: No, not really. I mean, he knows what works for him. I think uh, that tinkering phase went on last year. I think he found out what works. He found out what doesn't work. I think I get the impression with him, he's still tempted to to play around a little bit here and there, but but for the most part, that learning process took place last season. and in, in, in terms of in terms of on the field, in terms of knowing the league, in terms of knowing his players and reading the uh, the locker room. Um, right now, uh, again, why mess with something that is certainly working? And then here, you look at what's ahead for that uh, Pittsburgh, Houston. Washington, unless something major, major happens, they're going to be 8-0. You know, then you look at Indianapolis. Uh, granted, at Indianapolis, a little bit of a threat. And then you have Green Bay coming in. Um, it depends on where, again, Green Bay goes. Uh, it depends on Aaron Rodgers becoming Aaron Rodgers again. I think we all agree that's probably going to happen. But, um, again, why? why tinker with success when, when things are working? And again, you guys already know uh, routine is a huge, huge part of professional sports and it's a huge part of sports period. So uh, you you have something here, you have an approach here that's, uh, that's working. And I also sense too, uh, these guys aren't getting too built up. Uh, These guys aren't getting too high or too low. I think, they are following the course of the very equal equilibrium of their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who is, I, I mean, you wouldn't know if, if, if he was celebrating a birthday or, or no. a tragedy with him. I mean, it's just yeah. all, even with the guy yeah. and my God, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit older than Jalen. I wish I had that even keeled demeanor. Yeah. That, that nothing really phases him and everybody. Um, Everybody, I think, is following that leader and taking that approach. Uh, again, you don't mess with this thing right now. It is working right now. Mm-hmm. It, is, it, is, it is a gentle, very fine piece of machinery. Uh, it's it's the it's the it's the two hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini that's humming very well.
6: Yeah, you're right. I, I'm not going to mess with it. At Jay Santa Liquido, follow Joe on Twitter. I want to talk about that coaching staff. I'll, I'll, I'll last one for you mm-hmm. from me. Uh, because you know John DiPolippo very well. I give John a lot of credit uh, for the Eagles' Super Bowl run. I think a lot of people forget there's a lot of revisionist history. When Carson got hurt in those last couple games in the regular season, they were not pretty from an offensive standpoint. Um, the Eagles essentially remade their offense uh, for the playoffs. Um and, and built it around what Nick Bowles was comfortable with, and John was a big part of that. Um, and he was the guy tasked by Doug Peterson to essentially, you know, get in the lab with Nick Bowles, figure out what he likes to do, figure out what he does well, and the rest is history. Um, I look at this offensive coaching step, and I see a lot of similarities um, with Jalen Hurts. You know, bigger group with Nick Sirianni, Shane Steich, and Kevin Petullo, Brian Johnson. But they build around what the quarterback does well. They don't try to, you know, pound the square peg in the round hole. How much of this run do you give credit to the coaching staff for?
7: A ton. I mean, they formed nothing. I, I think this time last year, this was a team in dire straits this time last year, this is a team that uh, many people had doubts about. They had doubts about Sirianni. They had doubts about Gannon. We could go down the list. Um, they knew what they could do. They adjusted on the run. Hey, we can't win this way. Let's win this way. They ran the ball. And now you see here, uh, and a lot of it I think has to do with Hurts, but again, a lot of it's the coaching. I mean, this is basically and I hear people that I talk to every once in a while around the country. This is this is the Oklahoma, pretty much the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma template that he yeah. ran in Oklahoma, and what made him successful. there. Uh, and we see him suddenly, you know, we see Hurts emerging more and more and more as a passer. I mean, he did some things. I uh, think with the Dallas game, there was one open uh, when he missed AJ uh, AJ Brown, and um, uh, and that that was about it. Um, they also knew with the heat that he was taking later on with Lane Johnson being out, well, what do we do well again? Let's go back to what we do well again. And that's running the ball and pounding it at these guys. Um, I also saw, too, beautiful, again, on the coaching, beautiful game plan and dealing with Michael Parsons. There was yeah. one play, remember the one sequence, I think it was a third down, where they didn't block him at all. And he didn't yeah. know what to the, do.
6: They ran he, that play he, three times. Three times yeah. they ran. They called, They called. It's a run-pass option. They called it a run-pass-run um, three times. And Shane Steichen would have went back to it again if he needed it. The Cowboys yeah. couldn't stop it. They put Micah Parsons in conflict. It was the fourth down. It was the A.J. Brown touchdown. It was the Devontae Smith touchdown. Same stinking play. Yeah. They ran I mean, it three it, times, yeah. and they would have went back to it again. Um, and you're right with the Lincoln-Riley-Oklahoma uh, template yeah. and, that, well. and
7: that is, And that, that falls on coaching. That falls on, again, points of attack and, and, and how you deal with things. That uh, for years – People didn't know. I mean, they knew what Lawrence Taylor was able to do, and they still had problems with him. You know what, Mike? And I put Mike in that he's heading in that area. I'm saying he's Lawrence Taylor. I'm guy. not going to
6: put him there. I got scolded not, for not, that. But not yet. you scolded but, me, Jody. Uh, somebody on the show scolded. Who me. scolded? I don't. I uh, Gary know Myers. Yeah, Gary. But, and rightfully so. Oh,
5: for comparing him to Lawrence yeah, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, well, that's he, a New Mike York a guy. Saying little, that. You, gotta, he, you gotta keep he, that in a proper perspective. Lawrence Lawrence isn't going to be compared by anyone to any, anybody at any time. Yeah. Uh, well, no, he's right.
6: He's not there yet, but he's a really good player. Really
7: and, good player. And, and the coaching staff and the scheme knew what to do with him. They knew how to deal with him. And this is also a group that I really like. Again, from the outside looking in, John, again, you're, you're down there the not that often, but they're willing to adjust. And again, I, I, I deal with high, I, I deal with football at every level: high school, college, pro. And you got guys that aren't willing to adjust. You got uh, guys. That are you got them, way more, more that won't play. adjust than do And, and, that do and, and these guys aren't. They—they are. They, they are uh, uh, people are going to pick up with what they're doing. We all know that. And I think, and I have the faith right now in Nick Sirianni and his staff to do adjust to that too. Now it may take some time, as we're seeing here, and they haven't exactly been too 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 formidable in the fourth and the second half. And and I think as we go down the stretch, I think I don't think there's any doubt with the with the ball tirage here between the three of us that they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think there's any doubt here that they're going to go. You know, the, the, most probably the one in the NFC East. What I'd like to see as we come down. Into the midway point and into the tail of the season, I want to see them team being. I want to see them down in the fourth quarter, and I want to see a. Uh, I'd like to see a, a a late fourth quarter touchdown. Let's see what this team does with adversity. They still have to face serious adversity. They they faced a modicum of it. Little, a little, little bit. Jacksonville, but, they were
6: down fourteen um, nothing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that weather. was
5: it was it was fourteen yeah. fourteen before you blinked. Yeah. They got yeah, right back yeah. into it, and it was certainly before the first half. So I think Joe's point is is on point. I, I need your help, San Luisquito. I'm going to yeah. come to defense of my partner here. Lawrence Taylor was Lawrence Taylor, arguably the greatest outside linebacker in the history. I don't think it's even arguable, uh, greatest outside linebacker in the Nash history of the National Football League. And I'm not talking about overhang guys like Kasan Reddick, who is yeah he might be a linebacker, but he's really a defensive end. We know they played defensive end in college and they converted him to a linebacker. Is there any player since Lawrence Taylor that is as comparable to him as Michael Parsons? And I know it's only a year and change of Michael Parsons, but I think John's right. This kid is, he's not Lawrence Taylor. I, if you ever asked me to be a betting man, I don't think he'll ever even become Lawrence Taylor. But he's the most reasonable facsimile since, if you're looking at that specific player. I'm not talking about an edge guy who's more of a defensive, a linebacker, a legit linebacker who's an outside pass rusher. Anybody that I'm forgetting here? Ray Lewis was a middle linebacker. Uh, any type Thomas of linebacker.
7: That who's Would that? Dark Thomas in that category.
6: Derrick Thomas, uh, the Chiefs, for the Chiefs. Uh, very good. Uh, you know. Do there you think so of him
5: players. as a uh, more of a outside linebacker overhang player or defensive? Derek ender? Thomas,
6: yeah, he's the old school three-four outside linebacker, so you know he's more of an overhang player. Um, so is LT, for that matter. Uh, but yeah, yeah he's I played four-three. I know, but he's more of uh, a, a, you know. It's a different era. So today he would be an overhang player. Is what I'm saying. If you if you moved it, he would he would be an overhang player. So that's why I always yell. I you know it drove me crazy in the off season. Are the Eagles four three or the Eagles three four? The Eagles are. I don't give a flying. You know, you know what about four three or three four? So things aren't as rigid today as they were back then, and that's why you know. Pet peeve drives me crazy, but you know, and that's why you, I I try to judge players in their era uh, because things change like quarterbacks. I always point out Joe Montana, still the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Tom Brady pushes that, but I would still give the slightest of slighted edge for Joe Montana 92.3. I always remember that number. I tell Jody this all the time. 92.3 90, 92.3 passer rating is terrible in today's NFL. Yeah. Doesn't mean Joe Montana was terrible. And by the way, if
5: I had to describe the Eagle defense, you know what I would call it? A 5 1 5. With TJ, that's, that's, the
6: that's their 5 1 penny look, Jody. They do run that a lot, but they also run a 5 2. They also run the, in obvious pass rushing situations, it's more of a 4 2. Uh um, but yeah, they're all over the board. It's not old school. Can't put an old three. school stamp on
5: it. Even though we try and do that when we get Joel Le- Sandler, Queen of One, because he's old school, like McMullen and McDonald. He fits in well with us. <laughs> the uh, <Baltimore>. ja- <laughs> exactly.
7: That too. All
5: right. Uh you going to be uh putting up a column on Jacob after? Well, this weekend you got no stuff, but the week after against Pittsburgh,
7: oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the regular I uh, help my man out. I'm the regular, uh, Eagles uh, game guy, uh, game story guy, which is, which is still kind of fun. Brings me back to some other times when there wasn't such thing as game stories. <laughs> so, we know there are a little bit of a ways of the past, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, you know keeps me in the flow of things. And then Any uh, big
6: fights coming up, Joe, that I should uh, know
7: about? Well, last weekend I was there with Wilder and Hellenius in New York, which was kind of fun. Uh, still how is, how is,
5: I've never been to Barclays for a uh, fight. Is it a good fight venue?
7: It is. It is. Yeah, there's there's great angles there. Um, and the scene, that they, they had 15,000, 16,000 there. So it's it pretty cool. And uh, uh, Deontay Wilder, who's, by the way, trained by Phillies, Malik Scott, uh, did what he was supposed to do and uh, knocked out a, a pretty formidable guy in Robert Hellanius. There's still talk that Errol Spencer and Terrence Crawford are going to fight, but that won't come until early to mid-2023. Um, and other than that, uh, really nothing, which is kind of typical (laughs) boxing, because again, the best have a, have a habit of like, like what's the saying? Like, like magnets, they repel each other. Um, (laughs) it's a very interesting sport to say the least, because it's a sport above all sports that has a, has a tendency to kill itself.
6: That's true. Unfortunately.
7: And since we got off on a boxing
5: tenure, now we'll let you go, Joe. AC <laughs> doesn't count. New Jersey doesn't count. Yeah, that's what, a
6: shame. I wish AC would. Oh, go ahead, Jody. Sorry.
5: What's the best fight venue in
7: Philadelphia today? The 2300 Arena. They do a great job. It's 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 tucked in, very close to uh, very close. So ECW to Arena, Jody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they do a nice, really. It's, it's very quaint. Uh, they've had it set up where they have like a little ramp right now. They borrowed a little bit from the European style, and you know, with the fighters coming down doing. Their little little thing as they enter the ring, doing the little ring walk. So uh, what's it hold? Yeah. I, I believe it holds around two thousand. So okay, when they jam it, that's when they jam it up, they can have as many as two thousand. That's
5: that's not a bad no number. No blue
7: then. horizon. I, we need Atlantic City. How fights. long has the
5: blue horizon been gone? Yeah. I think
7: now going on 20 years. I can yeah. go on a rampage about that, but uh, yeah, we don't, we, don't have the time. we don't have the time for
0: that.
5: Uh,
7: yeah, yeah, not not Birds 365. But yeah. you got
5: three boxing fans here. What the yeah. hell? All right, uh, Joey. It's yes, always a pleasure, buddy. We'll get you back up in a couple of weeks. Thanks for hopping on. We'll be reading you uh, the game story after the next Eagles win, and we'll catch you in the Enquirer this week. Thanks, bud. Gotcha.
7: Thank you, guys. Thank you.
5: Joe Thanks, Joe. There he is. He's ready to go. He's ready to fight. He yeah. always is.
6: By the way, Jamal Singleton, Jody, uh, we talk about ball security, the Eagles uh, running backs coach, assistant head coach, actually. Um, He just pounds the crap out of the football in these ball security drills with a boxing glove. It's pretty amazing. Um, And he's been very helpful for somebody like Miles Sanders turning around his ball security. But he really... He he could be a heavyweight back in the day. He really pounds at that football with the boxing glove.
5: Whatever he's doing, it's working. Two fumbles all year for the Eagles so far. And they've had the ball plenty. All right, uh, before we get the break, Chris Landry from Landry Football ex NFL. Uh exec scout coach is gonna hop on with us. If you've never seen Chris on the show before, you definitely have to stay tuned because he's one of our, our best just overall football guests. All right, I uh I kind of uh sandbag you earlier in the show asking the question about the past defenses for this past week against the Cowboys I'm gonna take another shot here and if I'm sandbagging you again I'll apologize yeah. but I think you should know the answer to this question McMullen the Philadelphia Eagles had gone how many weeks in a row winning a uh player of the week award
6: or uh, five.
5: five five in a row they got zippity-doo-dah this week finally got shut out uh, some people thought that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson deserved it. Uh, we could debate that. Who got offensive player of the week in the NFC this week?
6: Yeah, I don't pay attention you know, to that. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm if it's not an back. eagle,
5: you don't know is what you no, tell me.
6: I, I I, do read it when it comes out, but that's three days oh, ago it,
5: now. I was going to so. say, you can't remember who won it? Yeah, no, no, no. I'll give you yeah. a hint.
6: Do the deal that Marcus Mar- Mariota. Marcus, Marcus yeah. Mariota won. I think it was 13 or 14. So.
5: 13 of four, He only threw for like 129 yeah. yards, but he 13 to 14 completions. He threw two touchdowns, ran it five times for 60 yards and ran in a touchdown. Marcus Mariota was the offensive player of the week. Yeah. You know,
6: I, I, know. I, you know, I got a bunch of Eagles fans who were upset that Chauncey didn't win that award. I'm like, those things are not... Something to take seriously. I mean, I and you know, the Eagles were playing well. They got by, I mean, Cameron Dicker, one special teams player, we for kicking a 27 yard field goal. I mean, you know, I mean, so, you know, there's I i wouldn't take him too seriously.
5: Here's the one thing I'll say for Dicker the Kicker, and you're right. If he didn't make it, oh my God, they couldn't have yeah. run him out of town on a rail fast enough. Um, because of that, though. He did get to hang around. He's a practice squatter.
2: Yeah, he made so that. Far, he, he,
5: so he got the, he got another paycheck by this way, week. He got a paycheck feel, for doing nothing because they're on the bye this week.
6: The kid from uh, uh, um, I did see the special teams player of the week this week was the punter who who by the way punter from Minnesota who who by the way Jody's like 6'4", 250. you know he's huge. Pittsburgh's punter, by the way, is huge. If you've ever seen Presley uh, Harbin, massive punter, uh, used to punt at uh, Georgia Tech, I believe, won the Ray Guy Award. He, but the kid in Minnesota, he had an 80-yard punt in the air, in the air, it not not rolling, it won 80 stinking yards in the air. So when we talk about that's another thing. When we talk about um returners and covey, there is no returns anymore. These Man, these punters too, have got too and good. far between. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh you know, so he won the special teams award because I remember the 80 yard punt. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't get too upset about player of the week awards.
5: But uh, Marcus Mariota, who I was a big fan of. 13
6: of 14. I do know he went 13 of 14. That's just unbelievable. Um, I I will tell you
5: that I did. Do the uh, deal. (laughs) Do the deal for Marcus Mariota, the 80-yard punt this week. I remember Steve O'Neill, 98-yard punt. But the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 still the longest. I imagine there, there
6: was some rolling there, Jody. Oh, there know.
5: was a whole bunch of rolling involved yeah. in a 98-yard punt. All right, yeah. Jody Mac, John McMullen, we are the Mac Birds 365 guys, come back. I got a couple things to run by John. And then Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com, former NFL coach, exec, scout, is going to hop aboard with us on this football Friday.
2: Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program,
3: Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Your
5: Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365 as we make our way through a bye week. Yes, Uh, the Phillies will keep us uh, interested in Sunday. Uh, You can make your choice between watching other games in the NFL, non-Eagle games, or the Phillies. I hope you're jumping on that Philly bandwagon. Uh, But Eagles will be back next week against the Steelers. Hopefully, Lane Johnson, good to go. The bye week, good time for him, as you noted earlier in the show, John. The entire Eagles' offensive line has injury issues. Not they're out, they're laid up, but they're all playing in some type of discomfort and/or pain. So the the buy actually may very well have come at a very uh, opportune time uh, for the Eagles. But then they got to come back against the Steelers, and we cross our fingers. You know me. I've been questioning the Eagles' whole less is more workout practice ethics this season but to their credit they've been less injured than most other teams not like they've been miraculously free of injury but in comparison to the other teams around the league i think you would say the eagles have had less injuries some of that's luck although nobody (laughs) ever wants to admit to that um but you can only go with the facts and the stats that you have and eagles have been less injured how much do you attribute that to the eagles doing things the way they do it the luck that is the luck i just uh, read your comment, uh jacob sports about how you can do certain things to put yourself in a position to get your hands on a football to cause turnovers to not give up turnovers you can't do it 100 percent, but you can you can certainly hopefully point the ship in the right direction Have the Eagles done that with the way that they handled their practice business?
6: Yeah, I think that's a a perfect way to describe it. And that's exactly where I was going with the turnover. Same thing. I just mentioned Jamal Singleton pounding the football every day at practice with the boxing glove. You can do these things to make it, but there's a certain randomness to turnover, certain, the same thing with injuries, but the more, you you do the right things long term, you know the better off you're going to be. And it's ironic because you know um, the Vikings are five and one. They're saying the same things there because they took the 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 Rams. Um, the the Eagles took the Rams. Ted Brath. Um, everybody remembers him as um, Sean McVay's get back coach. Uh, the guy would pull him back, the the famous NFL films now, you know, because he's so into the game, he had to pull him back so he wouldn't get in people's way. Kind of got a little famous for that. Well, the Eagles took him as part of their sports science department. We talk about Arshton O'Dooghue all the time. Uh, the Vikings did the same thing with Kevin O'Connell. Uh, so if you do these things long-term, you're probably a little bit better off. Well, you're also going to have the random injuries. I mean, there is a randomness that ultimately nobody could prevent a torn ACL, uh, torn Achilles. You know, it's going to go, it's going to go. A lot of these are non-contact injuries uh, much of the time. But um, if you do the right things, you know, the Eagles always talk about the process when it comes to winning. Jalen Hurts talks about it all the time. You know, the process is more important than the result because if you do the right thing every single time, you might, there might be an outlier where you have some bad luck and you lose a game. But if you do it the right way every single time, you're going to have more good results than bad results. So same thing with injuries, same thing with turnovers.
5: And oh, <laughs> by the way, for the limited amount of Eagle injuries that they've had this year, uh, most heavily on the offensive line, as we just noted. Uh, Sue O'Pettis had to step in and play some snaps. Kelsey missed a couple. Uh, Beef Jerky had to step in and play a couple snaps. Jack <clears throat> Driscoll has had to play many snaps because of injuries on both the left and the right side. So they, that's the other thing you have to do. You have to be prepped and ready to prepare. When an injury does come up, you get a guy to step in, and you know there's going to be a drop-off, but try and keep the drop-off as minimal <clears throat> as possible. What happened? I know I'm tempting the football gods here, and I apologize for it At of time.
6: Luck doesn't exist, Jody. It's just what randomness. If,
5: well, what if the random, randomness falls against the Eagles at the quarterback position? We've kind of forgotten about the mustache guy on the Eagles. And, yeah. well, we should, because Jalen Urchin's been phenomenal. He's number two in the MVP standings behind uh, Josh Allen right now in the entire NFL they okay if Gardner Minshew has to steer this ship for a couple oh, weeks?
6: Probably not. Well, for a couple of weeks, yeah, they're fine for a couple of weeks. Um
5: All right, four weeks if you need to go more than eh, a couple gets of worse.
6: months. It gets worse. Um, the more he plays, the the yeah, you know, the worse it's gonna be. I I always talk about the margin of error. The margin of error decreases. You just saw it with Dallas and Cooper Rush. I mean, they were able to persevere. Could the Eagles persevere? Yeah. They could because they have a good team. They have a really good team. And they have a good backup quarterback. He's better than Cooper Rush. Um, And you saw it last year against the Jets. Uh, Weren't a good team at the time, but he played well. Yeah, they could persevere with Gardner Minshew. But if he's got to play 10 games, if he's got to play in the playoffs, you don't want to be in that situation. Now, the Eagles have already been in that situation once with Nick Bowles, and I know people think of him differently, but it's not different. You know, if you get to the playoffs, if you have home field advantage, and, if well, you're the number one Did you say it's seed. not
5: different? No, it's are, are not. Are you suggesting that uh, Gardner Minshew could pull a Nick Foles?
6: In and, and a short window? Yeah, he could pull a Nick Bowles. The,
5: the Foles window?
6: Yeah. Yeah, he could pull a Nick Bowles. If they have a, a number one seed and and you got to go through Lincoln financial field, um, yeah, they could win two games because they've the better roster, the better team, they could persevere. And then when you get to the Super Bowl against who whomever, then you got to get a little bit lucky. Um, and that's what happened with the Eagles in 2017, 2018. And they got hot. Nick Bowles deserves all the credit. I was comparing to Benny Johnson, the microwave, you know, when Benny got hot, look out. I don't know. I don't know Gardner Minshew could win that type of game, uh, but he could win a game in a different fashion. Um, I would argue I'm going to get in trouble here, but what, what do I care? I always get in trouble, Jody. I would argue that Gardner Minshew is a better backup quarterback right now than Nick Bowles was in 2017. It was in
5: 2017?
6: Yeah. Wow. Nick Bowles yeah. was not. You're going to get
5: in trouble for making I that statement. I know. State, I know.
6: because uh, I don't
5: know where you're coming from with that one.
6: Revisionist history. He he was not considered a, a great backup quarterback. People forget, he, he, he barely played in training camp. He had an elbow issue. He was thinking about retiring. Oh, yeah. And I'm not talking about when he was in Kansas City, where he was thinking about retiring. He was thinking about retiring. Brandon Graham tells this story all the time because Brandon takes credit, Um, gave him his acupuncturist. Uh, He was thinking about walking away. The Eagles were not comfortable with their backup quarterback situation at the time. But there's a lot of revisionist history. The Eagles are very, very comfortable with their backup quarterback situation. They think Gardner-Minch is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't disagree with them. I think he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. You never want to be in that situation, Jody. And that's where I think people don't realize how miraculous that Eagles run was with a backup quarterback because they think Nick Foles is more than that. Yeah, but
5: Foles had had a seven touchdown game in the NFL. Gardner Minshew's never had anything like a seven-touchdown game. There was the possibility that Nick Foles could have done what Nick Foles
6: did. Yeah, but that's Gardner a
5: Minshew ain't doing that.
6: That That's a different conversation. Yes, Nick Foles at his apex, the seven touchdowns to 20, was better than Gardner Minshew. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in 2017, that Nick Foles wasn't the 27-2 and two guy. That was the Nick Foles that had already contemplated retirement, had already – you know what, the bed in St. Louis and Kansas City. Uh, that was not the same guy. Um now, if you, you know, as we said, there's a, a a lot of fans like to think players are in stasis. They're always the same guy. And we all know that's not the that's not the truth. He was a different guy in 2017. And as I said, he was contemplating retirement in training camp that wasn't the 27 and two guy but I know people aren't going to understand that I know I'm gonna get in trouble believe me I know Jody
5: yeah the you, you, you're you're comparing a very small time period to another very small time period and Nick Foles already did what he did he already already so. did
6: what he did right already yeah. did what he did but it was Before miraculous
5: it. yeah uh, but I also think you're slightly over how the Eagles feel about it and what he's actually done in his career. And I I just can't uh, wrap my head. Around. Well, the bigger thing I, is because the, the Eagles are comfortable with Gardner Minshew. I'm going to say, well, then I never want to play. Jalen Hurts goes down. We're great because we got Gardner Minshew. No, he's Gardner Minshew. Come on, let's let's not overstate. Oh, no. what Gardner Minshew has done accomplished or should be looked at as today.
6: Well, there, again, I'm getting misrepresented. I'm not saying they want to play Gardner Minshew. I'm saying Gardner Minshew is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. You never want to play your backup quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I was there. I just mentioned it in this show, Jody. I was there. The Eagles can say whatever they want. I was there the day after Carson Wentz got injured. They thought their season was over. They were inconsolable. They they didn't know. And That's I gotta, why it's miraculous.
5: Johnny, I got to tell you, if Car- if Jalen Hurts goes down and is out for the same amount of time that Carson Wentz was out, which was done for the season, the Eagle season is actually over. The The expectations of now making it to the Super Bowl, I don't think Gardner Minshew is taking them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what Nick dead been- did. I don't think
6: he's doing it. Well, I think it's very unlikely. You never want to play your backup quarterback. What I'm saying is, if you already have the number one seed and people have to go through Lincoln Financial Field, this team is talented enough to persevere. Like, I don't think people know how poorly Nick Bowles played in Atlanta. There's revisionist history against Atlanta. He was terrible. They won the football game. They found a way. Then he got hot and he blitzed Minnesota, and he blitzed New England. They had to get to that point, and they yeah, got I, to that I, I point. Don't, very, I don't really
5: think personally. Gardner Minshew has those back-to-back games in his bag of tricks at any time, at any point in his career. All right, we got to take a time out, because we see Chris Landry's ready to join us from LandryFootball.com, uh, the Landry Football Podcast, former NFL scout, executive, coach, one of the best guests we get here on Birds 365. Chris Landry joins us next.
2: Jeff D. Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D. Destination Downingtown. Gojeffauto.com.
5: Score and save this football season on your
1: car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings.
4: Call an audible this season and contact the DelVal Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to
1: 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of DelVal Insurance, 215-354-0122.
4: Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com.
5: Over the last 17
0: years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams
5: across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Football Friday here on Birds 365. McDonald's hanging with you. We have one of our favorite guests jumping aboard with us. Thought so it would be great for the bye week because we can talk about things across the league. Our buddy Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com, where you find his podcast, Landry Football as well. Former NFL uh, scout coach, do it all uh, guy, good enough to hop in with us today. All right, I'm going to ask you, Mr. Landry, put your scouting cap on first. San Francisco acquired Christian McCaffrey last night for a second or third or fourth, future Mm -hmm. fifth. How does his game, assuming health, which is a big assumption with Christian McCaffrey, when he's up to speed, couple weeks, whatever, how do his skills play into the 49ers Shanahan offense?
1: Uh, Very well. Um, You're dealing with one of the creative minds. Uh, You look at how... Kyle has been able to feature a Kittle, feature a Debo Samuel. This is another big weapon in the run game, in the pass game. This gives them another big weapon. A big if, though, you mentioned it. Can he stay healthy? He's not been able to do that. Um, so, I, look, it's a, it's a big-time weapon. If he's healthy down the stretch, this team will be more difficult to defend offensively with him in the game. There's no question about that.
6: Yeah, where do, I mean, you, you've done it from every different angle uh, around this league, Chris. When you talk about the trade deadline, there's sort of these two schools of thought that, you know, obviously football isn't like baseball. You could just plug somebody in the lineup. It's, it's not a plug-and-play sport in general. On the other hand, there are certain positions that you can get guys up to speed a little bit uh, quicker. Running back, probably one of them. But then again, Christian's rare in that he can do everything, right? I remember back when he was coming out, people would say he'd run the best routes at the at – mm-hmm. he ran better routes than receivers. So he's involved in other aspects, all aspects of the offense. And And Kyle's got one of the more complicated offenses in the NFL. How does that all factor into it?
1: Well, what he does, though, and, and, and it's complex, but what he does, he features guys very well. So he can compress the learning to really fit the player. And, and the Christian understand route concepts. He understands, you know, green dogs and understanding how to release. He gets all of that. So what they're going to do with him is obviously work with within his strengths, which is varied. So what I see is formation variations. I see him lining up in different spots. Well, he's used to doing that. So that's going to work very well. I think the biggest thing though, and Jody mentioned it, is health, because we think about health in terms of well, how many games, When is it going to be ready for Sunday? It's about practice. It's about repping it. It's about getting yeah. the timing. So it's health in practice. I know practice is not something that people pay attention to because it's not something they're exposed to but how you practice is how you play so you can't run certain things you can't put things in a playbook if you haven't practiced it enough because then that's where the mistakes are made it's it's not about scheme but how well you execute any certain scheme formation uh route you know run play i, I listen i think kyle does as i said he features guys well so i think it's going to work very well Provided he's healthy and he can get the work, we're not we're dealing with a guy that's eight years into the league. He's seen everything, done everything. He's been utilized in a lot of different directions, so it won't. And he's very bright, Um, so he'll be able to. Christian will be able to handle that. The only thing you would question, and, and this is not on the table for San Francisco, is you know they put a lot of picks on the table for a guy that is in his eighth year and has not been healthy. So I don't know that we look at this as depending on his health, how long he's going to play, you know. And so I don't know that down the road this makes the Niners better when you reduce all the picks. But they've got a couple of picks, remember, for losing a couple of coaches So, Look, they're in a win-now mode. And there's very few teams, you know, we'll get into it, very few teams in the NFC that are distinguishing themselves as being special. And so this move was clearly what can we do – to put us over the top, because when they're healthy, this Niner defense is really good. Now, they're down a defensive end, a defensive tackle, an inside backer, an outside backer, and a safety in a corner. They're down one player in every position. So other than that, you know, the health is fine. That was a big problem last week. Healthy, this is a really good defense, and we know what their quarterback situation is and what they've been able to do with that quarterback this has given them another weapon. Now you got Depot and you got McCaffrey. If they're both healthy and plan, that is not going to be fun trying to defend that with the way Kyle runs it with his content sets. And it, it just is going to become interesting to watch it. This makes them, you know, a bigger player. I thought they would the team to beat in the West by default. Um, I, I think they they're, they're one of the teams now in the NFC that we got to watch, provided they get healthy, folks. We know this. Thanksgiving on, who's healthy, man? Tell me who's healthy. I tell you who's going to get on a run. All
5: right. Before we get to Thanksgiving, ten days from now is the trade deadline, and as John correctly pointed out, football a little different than yeah. baseball and NBA and NHL, uh, the plug-and-play aspect that much more difficult. But they've done a nice job in the NFL. They've continued to push the trade deadline back. It used to be in the end of September, which you couldn't even decide if you were good enough to make the playoffs. Right. Play. You got to make your to take because the yeah. trade deadline's hitting. So give the NFL credit for it. I, I, you tell me. I know in other uh, sports, somebody makes a deal leading up to trade. The team almost goes into panic mode. Uh-oh, we have to respond. They made a deal, so we need to make a deal. They upgraded. We need to upgrade. Will the McCaffrey deal have the domino effect? Will there be more deals because of it with other teams?
1: I don't think so. Uh, a, you got to be in the mix now. And I also think what's made made it a little bit more flavor of the month is look what the Rams did, and it had an impact with them positively. So I think you. I think it's the teams that are close that are missing a piece. There was some talk. I know Buffalo kicked the tires and thought about. McCaffrey as well, and you know, for the same reason, they're they're a contending team, but they're really good, and they're thinking about the future as well. I I, I think there are very few teams that are really trade players, uh, meaning they're they're going to be in the mix to try to make a trade. Are they the right guys that you can bring in? You've got the salary cap, the contract, and and you guys have just mentioned it very well. It it you, What's the position? What what system does he come from? You know, how much, how long is he going to take to acclimate it? You can't just plug in somebody in football like you do, you know, in baseball and the fifth in the lineup and play third base. It's not the same. So it's much more complex. You're not going to see a lot of it. I'm not saying that you're not going to see a few. We saw Deion Jones get moved a couple of weeks ago. I think we could see it, but I don't think football is as conducive to trades because of the complexity of the sport and you know you go from one system to another well that's it takes a whole off season and it takes to maybe end of october for somebody that you sign in the off season to finally get in rhythm you're certainly not going to have the impact for the rest of the season and if you're giving up picks which is what you're doing you're giving up your future and this is a more volatile sport where the draft picks are more and more important because that's the only quality guys that you get on a real bargain basement level. So it's just not real conducive to trade except for rare circumstances, a missing piece, a team that's clearly in the mix to go for it. I mean, we can eliminate a whole bunch of teams. Why would you make a move for, if you want any one of those, What's it gonna do for you? Unless it's a move that somebody that is that that you've got a good contract and that he's gonna be a building block for your future, uh, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't fit in many cases. So we'll have some trades, but it won't be a lot and it won't be as big as this, I don't think.
6: Um, I, I want to talk about the self-evaluation aspect of it, Chris, because, uh, you mentioned there's not a lot of teams in a position to say, all right, we're realistic contenders. And, you know, I think San Francisco is one of them, uh, -hmm. that can say that even though they haven't gotten off to the start, they wanted to, even though they lost their quarterback, uh, they've made deep runs in the past with Jimmy Garoppolo, as you mentioned, uh, New Orleans, um because we talk about it here in Philadelphia in the trade, they've given up the first-round pick. It stands the Eagles are 6-0 if the draft was today, and it's not. But if it was today, they'd have the number four overall pick. And I think one of the things is that Mickey Loomis didn't self-evaluate well. He loses a potential Hall of Fame coach uh, in, in the recent past. He loses a Hall of Fame quarterback in the recent past, yet they still thought they were contenders. How difficult is it to be honest with yourself in the NFL and admit where you are?
1: I don't think it's very difficult. I just, some people just don't do it very well. I mean, like for example, you <laughs> mentioned in new Orleans, Mickey Loomis is not a football guy. And so that, that trade doesn't get made if Sean Payton's still there, you know, and, and Dennis Allen, who didn't want to make that move. It, it, you know, he, Mickey just Sean, Sean Payton ran that organization. He made the picks, and he was good enough with letting Mickey get his credit and all that. But but the decisions, all the football decisions, ran through him. Where well, Dennis doesn't have that clout. and you know, obviously, you know, um, CJ is uh, missed because of all the injuries they've had. And you know, that's the thing you have to look at. You have to look at, particularly, say in the secondary. That's great we've got six healthy guys and we like what we have now, but it's a long season. What happens if, and and you've got to, you got to see through that and look at it. I think the issue with them, and this is again, Mickey's decision. They didn't feel like they were going to be able to sign him. They thought, you know, that was good CJ at the end of this year. So they just said, we're going to get something for him now because he's going to be gone at the end of the year. And, you know, so they'll, I just think that that's kind of where you kind of go with certain decisions that you make. Um, We'll see where where it goes. But, yeah, I think it's – to me, you have to look at your team. I was always reticent to do it because the picks were like gold to me because it it, it represents players. And if you do a good job in the draft, those picks are really, really valuable. So even the good teams, if you're in good position and you're good enough, like, say, Buffalo – they, they didn't think it was worth make pulling the trigger on a trade like this. San Francisco, they're kind of, you know, they're in the mix of the NFC. You know, they're maybe behind, and we haven't gotten to talk about it, behind Philly and maybe, you know, they're, they're in the mix. They're close to, but what can they do to jump on top? If you're in the AFC and you're a playoff caliber team, I mean, you got to seriously look at it. If I'm, you know, a team in the AFC South, and, I, you know, am I going to make a move? Is one player or two players are going to put me over the top of Buffalo and Kansas City? No, I, I need to be smart about
5: what I'm doing here. Understood. All right. On a week where the Eagles are self-scouting, I need Chris Landry to scout the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we're pretty optimistic here in Philadelphia. We're optimistic before the season started. I don't know that anybody saw six and zero, uh, and not only six and zero, but no one else in the league really who were five and one, other than Buffalo. Really, say it, yeah, and we're right there with the Eagles, or the Eagles are right there with us. So they've, in our, at least my, uh, maybe I should only speak for myself. My expectations, they've overachieved. How? How have the Eagles done it, Chris Landry? How have they gotten to six and zero and better than even an optimistic Eagle guy like myself? could have uh, realistically expected.
1: Well, I know in the, the, the preseason, you know, when I was on, I, I look, I, this is a surprise to me because I, I like the roster. I like the depth, but I, you know, I, I said it clearly. I didn't see anybody in the NFC East that I thought was going to go really like a deep playoff threat. And, and here I am clearly wrong because there are two teams that are really good in the Eagles you know, I think are the better of the two, Dallas with their defense. And and I'm going to start with the defense because I think if you look at the teams in the NFC, who are good enough defensively? Well, the Eagles, the Cowboys, um, San Francisco went healthy. Minnesota plays pretty good defense, but it's a little different, and and I don't know, and and they've got good receiver weapons, but I wouldn't put them in the category. They're not a lot. I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of just – here, there, a given week. So I think it's, to me, it's the start with the defense. I think they have been very, very good. I think they've been very sound on all three levels. Love their corners. I mean, so the ability to cover, the ability to match up is there. That's better than most people um, has in the league right now. Um, You know, offensively, and then I think up front, obviously, I mean, you stay there. They're very good up front. And they're very good in the back end. And when you have that, that's a great starting point. Offensively, what I like about what they're doing is their balance. This is a run offense. It's got a lot of RPO base. It's, it's very difficult to, you know, there's a lot of things that slow down even good pass rushes because you have to defend the run first. And that creates a lot of spacing and coverage. You've got Jalen Hurts playing well with improved receiver weapons. Uh, I think this scheme and its style and it's all the eye manipulation that they do with the defenses, it, it it makes the offensive line even better. So I like the overall balance. They're a really good team. I think they're deep. I think they've got answers in in most games for how to beat you because of it. And, you know, I just, I I just think they're just a really solid good football team that's solid in every areas and, um, I mean, I, I think think are the team to beat in, in the, the East and, you know, um, certainly one of the teams, uh, one of the very, the teams on the short list in the NFC, uh, are they as explosive as, uh, do I think, uh, at full health, do I think Buffalo and Kansas city are better? I, I do, but I, you know, let's just start where, you know, you put them in that class. That's saying a whole lot. And I, I, I did not think that coming into the season. Um, And it's no disrespect to the personnel that they have, but the way it's come together is the thing that surprised me. I I understood the personnel going into the season, but how they've utilized it, uh, how they've managed it, it's been better than what I could have expected. And quite frankly, I want to give kudos. No, it's not popular in Philly, but I got to give kudos to Dallas because when Dak went down, I thought that is it. I mean, they have done a really good job of, but you know what they've done is run the football, play good defense, and they're not asking the quarterback to put the game on its back, and that's what they need to do with Dak. And if they can do that with Dak, they can be better. But if they start, well, we're going to throw it 45 times a game Well, then they're going to become – they're going to drop a little bit. So I think they've done a good job, and, and, and we're talking great coaching. What a job Brian Daymole done with the Giants. Phenomenal. I watch them all the time, and I'm saying, that is a team. They get it. The first step to winning football games is to learn how to not lose it. The Giants don't make the mistakes. They protect the football. They play smarter football than their opponents. And, you know, it's not like when you break down the tape, it jumps out and I say, man, this Giants team got a lot. They've got some answers. They don't have as many. And I keep thinking it's going to run out at some point. And I think it will as it relates. To it. But you know what? couple of more weeks and they're on their way to making a, a a run to at least be a playoff team with this extra team now that we have the past couple of years. So man, kudos to the NFC East. Uh, we'll leave Washington, out the conversation, but (laughs) those three teams are really playing well for different reasons. Uh, and if you look at it overall, the North Minnesota, the Green Bay's got their problems. Um, you know, you look at the South, there's no, I mean, the Bucks have been a huge disappointment. You still can't count them out if they get healthy, but I, nobody there. Atlanta's done the best job of playing, you know, up to their capabilities and they're not very good. And that's partly because of the division, but, and then the West, I mean, it's to me, it's San Francisco because uh, the Rams have all sorts of problems with injuries. I know the Niners do too, but yeah. so you look at, you're looking at, you know, maybe a Minnesota, which I'm not buying. San Francisco, the Eagles, and we'll see if Dallas can do. You know, I mean that—that's to me it right now, and um, I don't see anybody getting on that type of run. So it's a very short, uh, a short list of yeah. teams that I think that are capable in well, the NFC.
6: Kudos to you, Chris, because that's where I was going. Who could upset the Apple Card for the for the Eagles in the NFC? I personally do not. Jody knows this. I do not believe in the Vikings. I, you know, I. You know, give Kevin O'Connell credit to getting five and one, similar to Brian Dayball, as you were talking about, done a phenomenal job to get that team to five and one. I'm not buying the Giants. The Cowboys, though, the Cowboys being able to persevere with Cooper Rush at quarterback and still be standing, and they're four and two. If Dak Prescott, as you mentioned, can get back and they're they're playing good football, because of that defense, I think they are the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC. If it's not San Francisco, San Francisco, there's a lot of moving parts. McCaffrey's got to fit in. You mentioned all the injuries. I loved him before the season, but I thought Trey Lance was going to be a little bit of an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. Now they're back to Jimmy. The Cowboys are the one team and you're right. It's not going to go over well for me either here in Philadelphia. The Cowboys are the one team that still makes me a little bit unsettled if they can figure things out.
1: They are could be better offensively. Again, if they continue to work the running game and they get some playmaking ability from Dak. they could be better. Now, the, the, the matchup with Dallas and Philly is a good matchup for Philly because the thing that makes Dallas really, really good is their pass rush. And with Philly, their ability to run the football, and that 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 limits Cowboys' ability to tee off in the pass game because the Eagles are not a drop-back team. They're, like, again, an RPO base. So they have to defend the run. Dallas has to defend the run first against Philly, and that slows down their ability to tee off. So I think you saw in stretches the other night um, they get some pressure and they got back in the game, Dallas did. But sustainability, it takes what Dallas does the best. And to some degree, Philly can neutralize that. So I do give Philly an edge, but, you know, it's a long season and we don't know the health, which – and I do give Philly an edge too with their depth because I don't think Dallas – they lose a – they're not as deep. And they've never been all that deep. They allocate money a little bit differently. So, look, I agree with you. I think it's Dallas. I think it's San Francisco that's really the only teams – Minnesota personnel-wise, is good, but I, I don't – they're not playing well. They haven't clicked, and I just don't you – know, they're winning games, but I, I just – I think it's San Francisco, and I think it's Dallas. I think that's the only two teams right now, and I don't see a team that's going to be able to kick it a notch. And yet, what's really interesting with such a scarcity of teams is, what if something bad happens to two or three of those teams? It, then it opens up to, like, man – you know, it's just you don't know where it's going. Yeah. Every it's like yeah. you know, just you, you mediocre teams just come on, and we'll see what happens. And you could have one of those years, like like I don't see the year the Cardinals got healthy with Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald. They were a team that was playing, didn't play well during the season. And remember, they just got in, and then they finally yeah. clicked. I, I don't I don't see that type of team that's emerging that's, hey, this team's really, really good, but they just don't have it together. I mean, that team might be, in some people's eyes, the Rams, which won it last year, but they are just so decimated on the offensive line. Um, I, I just don't see them being able to fix it enough to make that run, but we'll see.
5: All right. Oh, by the way, both of you Cowboy fans, they could be four and three <laughs> by the end of this weekend. Yeah. Be, beware the man. well-rested Lions going into yeah. Jerry's den this week. Just say saying. Just saying. Uh, we shall see. Um, if you go to Chris's website, LandryFootball.com, you see all the great content. He's got podcasts and uh, scouting stuff from the NFL and plenty on the college side. And since we brought it up earlier, the Eagles right now would have the number four pick in the draft. New Orleans pick would be number four. A lot of football to be played, yet that pick could go up. It could go down. Give us the the rankings, the kind of guys, the names who are going to be there Yeah, at like four, five, and six in this year's draft, Chris.
1: Well, I think, you know, there, there are a couple of things. You know, of, of Will Anderson's still going to go high, despite the fact that he's not played – his best football at this point. You know, he's still going to be an elite player in, in one or two. The, you know, the quarterback, and the reason I'm bringing him up is because the quarterbacks are going to be a player early. And so you may have um, a guy like that slip. Uh, a guy like Jalen Carter from the, from the, from the, uh, from Georges, they've already, they've already got that type of guy in Philly. So that's not going to happen. I think there's going to be, you know, a Brian Breezy. Um, I think uh, outstanding at Clemson. I think you, you've got um, a, a number of receivers that I think are going to go relatively high, but it's still pretty early because a lot of those guys, some of them have had some injuries or slow starts. So it's, it's really too early there because in the process of evaluating, just so much left to go because even sure. though we're halfway through the college season, you know, somebody like myself that does consulting work for teams, I'm grinding tape you know, day in and day out. But I can't watch every game of every player yet because it's like running on a treadmill. You know, you, you can run, but you can't go anywhere. But when the season ends, people say, well, the season's over. How can guys move? Because you're watching tape. You can watch all the tape at the end yeah. of the year. Yeah. You can watch. It takes you until March and to get through all the 12 games and bowl games. So there's some really good plays. Look, they're going to be a really good player there. And, and the good thing about it is – they feel they have the quarterback. There's going to be a playmaker on offense. I think there'll be some good tackles, but I think the offensive tackles are going to be maybe a little bit more valued in the middle, not as high, but, but we'll see. I think there'll be an impact defensive player. So I, I, I think it's a, you know, rub your hands and say you, you're in good position if you end up where you, regardless where you end up, it may not be four, but it's going to be, pretty high, and you're going to get a really good player there if you feel it.
6: Yeah. Uh, And uh, CJ or Bryce, who you got uh, ahead right now? Well,
1: CJ's got... Bryce, to me, is is an intriguing guy. I think he's got tremendous intangibles. Uh, I think he's got playmaking ability. I think he's got ice water in his veins. CJ's got a little bit more upside there. Um, Will Levis will be in the conversation. Uh, He's... Very talented at Kentucky. I think you'll see those guys go very, very high. But I think CJ's got a little bit more, uh, a little bit more size. I worry about Bryce like I worried about Tua. I worry about size in the frame. And people have, you know, said, "Well, how does Bryce compare to say uh, Russell Wilson?" Well, Russell, they don't. They're both short, but Russell Wilson is 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 very more yeah. truncated yeah. in the body. Bryce is a little thin. He's more like uh, Tua in that regard, but I can tell you, he is special. He is the guy that you want in pressure moments, leading you. Just, just can he stay healthy? He's going to go high. Uh, He's got underrated ability to move and slide and and then run around the pocket and make plays. I mean, he does things on the college level that remind you of Johnny Manziel making plays, but with really good work ethic, really good intelligence and really good ability to read defenses. Whereas Johnny just created and made plays and was a knucklehead and kind of spoiled. <laughs> uh, you got Bryce Young who is a yeah. like a savant, as a just a guy that loves to work um, and and learn the game and study the game and you know kind of comes from a background where, you know, it was all football all the time. I still think yeah. he's going to be. Sounds very like perfect. Jalen
6: Hurts. is so those Alabama guys.
5: Haven's great at getting those guys yeah. from Hurts and yeah. DeTua well, and Bryce it, Young, and, here's and Mac the diff- Jones in between. Here's the difference:
1: Jalen Hurts learned how learned the passing game. The best movie ever made was the short time he spent at Oklahoma, because yeah. he learned the passing yeah, game probably. concepts that were that that was the development time that that lessen his development time with the Eagles. If he doesn't have that, it's a big w- with Bryce Bryce has got it from day one. He's got it yeah. from high school in his system yeah. so he's if you if you think about it in terms of intangibles, Bryce would be but Bryce is better than Jalen in that in that regard. but Jalen has got you know he's thicker and he's stronger and I think that that time in Oklahoma has helped him a great deal. Combined with the time in Alabama, that's just that's just made a a tremendous impact. And 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 quite frankly, it surprised me how quickly he has developed. But I give a lot of credit to, to Nick and and what they run is they run a lot of college style offense. Oh yeah, pitch Jalen very very well. Um, and it, it's very much Oklahoma like, and it's 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 a lot what Nick picked up.
5: It's a lot of what linked some of the stuff
1: Lincoln and Riley. Riley likes
6: yep. Eagles if love Lincoln Riley, by the way. Yeah.
5: If you are yeah. any kind of football fan, you got to check out his website, LandryFootball.com, his podcast, all his scouting stuff, and we're going to get him back here for about every month or so. Because We, we didn't even talk in. about his Jets, John. Yeah, have you heard about it that? I know. I know. I will mean, call you this afternoon, and you and I, I can talk chat for a half an hour. Yeah. Good, good. It would not it. be a problem. How about uh, that, New York,
1: yeah. New York? That's great. New York, New York football's really, back. That's New good. Finally back. Yeah. I mean, you've got Syracuse five and zero. Uh, nice. our six and oh excuse right, me until, uh, until tomorrow probably but but we'll we'll leave that alone, we'll leave that
5: alone. <laughs> chris always a pleasure thank you very much for doing it like i said we'll reach out about a month from now always great whenever you come on thank you for joining us today
1: all right thanks well what does i say fly eagles fly. continue to fly good great job guys great to be with you take care thank thanks, you chris.
5: that is chris landry LandryFootball.com, com, x nfl scout uh, coach, he's uh, checked a lot of boxes in his NFL career and one of the best scouting guys uh, that we have here on Birds 365. All right, we're running late. You know what we're going to do when we come back? Put a show ball on the show, the week, the bye, all. Wrapping up here on Birds 365 next.
0: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia?
2: Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams.
3: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
2: Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
5: question that everybody needs the answer to before we put the wrap on the show is three thirty-three p.m sunday what will john mcmahon be doing
6: well i'll be watching football no question could be the could be the third inning of
5: the phillies game yeah. on
6: sunday could I be the I could be the football. could
5: be the clinching game of the phillies heading to the world series
6: um yeah that's for other people jody <laughs> I, gotta pay, I gotta pay attention for yeah. uh,
5: you and i both um except the only problem is i'm going to be at chisister bank park till two o'clock and then i gotta get home and watch football just like you. Elijah
6: Moore's back. Adam Schefter just tweeted from his personal day. He's back in the building. So get excited about that for the yeah, Jets.
5: Landry remembers the days when I used to have my New York show. Yeah. Oh,
6: why aren't you asking me about the Jets?
5: Because yeah. it's Bird's 365, Chris. Yeah. Uh, but he always does a great job when he comes on with us. Did so again today. We'll try to have great guests for you again next week leading up to the Eagles' return. Can they get the 7-0? and That's what we'll be talking about on Bird's 365 next week. Johnny Mac, I'm back in two and two, days that is. You are as well. Monday, 8 o'clock, see here?
6: Let's do it.
5: Right back here on Birds 365. Have a great weekend, everybody.
4: You've been listening to Birds 365.